there was definitely something that happened to these people that, that was earth-shattering and completely has shaken up their lives. If you want access to the best real ghost stories. I think she was afraid that they were going to make her little friend go away. Real accounts of the dead coming back to life. She had a spirit that she had gotten very close with. Real video and images of ghosts. A little boy. Then you need to be an extra podcast person, also known as an EPP. Sign up to be one for only $5 a month at ghostpodcast.com. I stared transfixed as the mist began to gradually become more solid and translucent, and my shock, more human in appearance. Your support is what keeps our show on the air. For only $5, you'll have access to hundreds of EPP exclusive episodes, updated weekly, exclusive video content, and more. Behind me in my kitchen, I hear a little girl say, are you my daddy? Where's my daddy? Keep us on the air and get access to the best ghost stories and more now at ghostpodcast.com. And thanks for your support. stories online call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com you're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead this is real ghost stories online that indeed it is the phone number is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us of course you can also write it on our website realghoststoriesonline.com or you can always email me your audio file send it to tony t-o-n-y at realghoststoriesonline.com social media we are there too at real ghost stories online facebook twitter at ghost, ghost story radio i was gonna say ghost Goiter Story Radio. Goiter. That's it's a, fun. It's a whole other podcast. Uh, Instagram at ghostpodcast.com and Snapchat at ghostpodcast. So there you go. Lots of uh, ways to get your stories to us at Real Ghost Stories Online. I have so many questions about the world of goiters, but... Um, I don't know anything about goiters. I'm sure you probably don't have the answers. Sorry. Uh, whatsoever. Um, but uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, Tony and Jenny Brisky joining you once again. How are you? Someday you'll know the answers to those questions. I hope not. You don't want to? No. Really? I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a medical condition, correct? I mean, or, or is it? Is it just part of your body that, that I, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak in insulting ways in, at all about this. I just don't know about it. I don't know what it is. So because yeah. I don't know what it is, I automatically go towards, I don't want that. Okay. So and let's you, find out what it is. Okay. I remember when I was a child, there was the nicest lady that, uh, my, uh, my mom and some of her sisters would help uh, get to and from church quite a bit because uh, she couldn't drive. And uh, she, yeah, probably probably around 90 is my guess. I mean, granted, this is like from the 10-year-old perspective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 35 at the time seemed pretty old. But I'm guessing she was probably up there because I think she passed shortly after. But I remember she had a, a very large one of those. Um, and she kind of poked fun at it every now and then. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what it is or what causes... Uh, yeah, this will totally be me. That's a creepy photo. So there's not even a goiter in that photo. Yeah, there is. Oh, okay. Um, Wikipedia. Okay, what it is? <laughs> Abnormal enlargement of the butterfly-shaped gland below the Adam's apple, which is your thyroid. Okay. Is it so? It's thyroid enlargement, is it? Mm -hmm. And it's it, treatable. Okay. It's very common. Um, I think in areas where there's not a lot of access to medical care. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
impoverished com- countries and things sure. like that is where you see it's more common those kinds. okay i've never seen that yeah um okay but but it's it's fixable i have thyroid issues but mm-hmm. that's not it mine doesn't work okay. enough it's not that it's does it tend to, to happen more in in older folks or is it can it can can it strike anyone now that we're learning all about the uh <laughs> just okay hold on i'm pulling up I'll the uh out. I think it's the American Thyroid Associations. While she looks it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the on hold music, but I'm gonna do it with my mouth. The okay, it can occur in a gland that's producing too much hormone mm-hmm. or too little hormone, which is what I have. Okay. Um. <laughs> great. So now I'm gonna worry about that shit from now on. I'm glad I could add a little more worry to your life. Let's read a story that's or hear a story. It'll be less scary to me. <laughs> Than this. Thanks for that. Hi. Halloween, 1976. I was five years old. My mom, my sisters, and I all went trick or treating. This is Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So my mom and I all went trick or treating. I was the Hulk, and we came back home by about eight o'clock. And by nine o'clock, I had to go to bed. Now I hated bedtime, and I was really afraid of my room because I knew something was happening in that closet. You know, even at five years old, I was freaked out by my closet. And I always made sure that closet door was shut. This has nothing to do with the story. has nothing to do with the closet. It just has to do with the fact that I'm very sensitive to paranormal stuff. The closet will come in at another another time. I have many, many stories uh, about the paranormal. But this one is the first one that ever happened to me. So I have this thing that I would do because I hated bedtime so much as I would wait until I thought the coast was clear which, as I thought, you know, after my dad finished making popcorn was usually a perfect time to get up because you had at least 20, 25 minutes before he was going to get up for the next beer. So my bedroom was at the end of a hall, which two steps to the right of that was the bathroom, and then two steps more, you could stand at the end of the hall and see the TV in the living room and nobody in the living room could see you. So I could stand there and watch TV when I was supposed to be sleeping. And if I heard a chair squeak, I could just turn around and ninja it right back into the bathroom. And there's nothing strange about somebody getting up at night to use the bathroom. So I never got caught peeking at the TV. But this time, somebody's chair squeaked, so I ditched it in the bathroom and I actually had to go, so I started to pee, and I heard something at the window. So when I was done, I got into the bathtub, and I opened up the ugly 70s plastic you know, bathroom window curtains. I remember them distinctly. And the bathroom window was frosted glass like you get in a bathroom. So you can't see anything but you know, through it. You don't, you'll never see anything through it. And when I opened up the window shades, there was two old men's faces. And they weren't just looking at me. They were looking at me sideways like they were Spider-Man hanging off the side of my house with their, you know, and they looked at each other and then they looked at me and then they looked at each other again and then they looked back at me and they made this horrible and I flipped out. I screamed and I tripped getting out of the bathtub and my dad got up and immediately ran down the hallway because he uh, thought that I was in my room. So he ran past the bathroom and was looking for me, and I'm on the floor in the bathroom. And he said, what's going on? And I said, there were p- people outside the window. 
and he ran out there, and there was nobody there, and there were no footprints in the garden bed that surrounded. It was all fresh dirt in the garden bed because um, it was October, so they had dug up the plants and hoed it and everything like that, and no footprints in the garden bed or anything like that. And there was no way that I was sleeping because prior to that, I was watching TV, and I ran into the bathroom to escape being caught watching TV, so I couldn't admit to that. I just admitted that I was in bed and I had to go pee. <laughs> anyway, long story short, ghosts outside the window, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, take that as you will, but it scared me so much, it is cemented in my memory like it just happened yesterday, and when I walk past that window, still when I go to the bathroom in that house, my parents still live there, when I go to the bathroom in that house, I still think about those faces like it was yesterday. It's insane. But anyway, I will call with more if you, uh, if you want me to. I've got many, many stories handed down and personal. Uh, so I'd love to be on the show sometime perhaps. Anyway, have a great day, and I'll keep, uh, I'll keep on a listening. Eh? I think that's every child's worst nightmare, going to the bathroom in the dark at night, even in their own home. Faces? Yeah, running into something like that, mm -hmm. especially if it's going to yell at you like that. That's pretty creepy because at first I was thinking it was going to be like, oh, they're confused too. You know, like, right. like the ghosts are like, well, what's going on? Why is there a kid here? Uh, but uh, no, it, it sounds like it had some other intent there mm -hmm. of trying to purposely uh, scare him. It's interesting where, I mean, I know he says he has some other stories, so I would love to hear that. I'm wondering if this was more of a, it was an isolated incident with this specific type of thing or if there's more to it. But uh, would love to hear more. Sure. So... Sheboygan, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. home of the uh, uh, the old Wisconsin outlet factory store, okay, which has a a great variety of uh, of all the little meat sticks and everything. And I, I I've gone there many a times, and you buy them, and they're just delicious. Okay, they are delicious. <laughs> it's not an advertisement; they're just delicious. You just love Sheboygan. It's, I like the beach. Well, it's and the beach is technically in Kohler. Yeah. Uh, which is right by there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a place I frequented. I grew up about 30 minutes away from Sheboygan. So uh, I was there quite often. And actually, the only time I ever worked a job outside of this, outside of radio, mm -hmm. uh, was in Sheboygan, <laughs> Wisconsin. I, uh, I, was, I, I was in between radio jobs. And I, I, I was actually kind of thinking, I don't know, I might not go back to radio because it's kind of like I was getting sick of it. And uh, I took a job just to kind of make some money. It was like guaranteed pay for like the first three months, I think, is what, mm -hmm. what they said it was. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even last that long because I, I, I hated that, too. And it was actually uh, working for uh, Sprint. And uh, I had to go and, and make sure, essentially, that the the... The radio shacks of the area and they're essentially independent dealers. I'd like manage all of those. Mm -hmm. So back in the day when I mean, radio shacks, I think still carry it. But um, it was like anybody could sell a Sprint phone. I mean, there was like pizza places that had a Sprint display. Sure. <laughs> and it's like, like, yeah, try and get, you know, uh, this shop or that shop to sell Sprint. It's like I. I don't think that they really know what this even is. Uh, it's early in the mm -hmm. world of cell phones. iPhones do not exist yet. Um and, uh, yeah, that was just the nightmare. Uh, I hated every moment of that. But I did collect the guaranteed pay for a little while and uh, moved back into radio again.
So, yeah, there you go. But it was my, my office was in Sheboygan. There you go. Right by the water tower. There you go. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Cook. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your ghost stories with us. Let's go to another caller. Hi. My name is Maggie. I grew up in a small town. By small town, I mean a population of about 200 people. During the summer, my best friend would often come and spend a night with me. During the daytimes, we would just walk around the town, usually down a dirt road that wasn't but about a block or so away. This day in particular, my mother, who was a retired beautician, was giving her mother a perm. My best friend and I had already already walked down our dirt road whenever we decided to review or rather go down a different dirt road. This one was a partially a paved dirt road that was across the street from where I lived. Now during this was the first time that we had ever went down that particular dirt road. Whenever we started walking, we noticed that on the left side, there was a house that had a wood fence. In one of the posts in the wood fence was a knife. I remember that we talked about it and noticed that it just looked odd. It was a particularly breezy day, and we wanted to see what was down this tree-lined road. We, The moment we passed the knife, the wind just stopped. You could see that the trees, the leaves in the trees just immediately stopped. Now, we were 12 or 13 at the time and thought this was rather funny. So just to test the theory, we backed up and when if we passed the knife, the wind once again started blowing. Once again, as two little girls, we did think it was funny. So we went to test the theory again and walked past. And once again, the wind did stop blowing. However, this time we decided to go a little bit further. So we continued walking and we're probably about 10 or so feet past whenever I heard my mother call my name and then her name. We both heard it at the same time and yelled out and ran to see if what my mother wanted. My mother, who was still giving her mother a perm, said that she didn't call us, and her mother stated she didn't call us. Later on, either it was a couple of years later or the same day, I can't remember, we were comparing our notes, so to speak, and she stated that at the same time that I reported hearing my mother call my name and her mother call and my mother called her name, she heard her mother call her name and my mother and her mother called my name in that order. Now, the thing is, 
we only heard one voice. I heard my mother, and she heard her mother. So I don't know if it what it was. I'd like to think it was God trying to keep us out of harm's way. Maybe it was our guardian angels, but whatever it was, I know that it wasn't a prank on a prank that my mother played because she did at times like to play pranks. But I, I would like to, I would like to believe that it was God or the guardian angel, maybe even a relative that had passed away. However, that is one of the many stories that I do have about the paranormal. I do enjoy your podcast. I've only been recently listening to it. like So keep up the good work. I do hope you have a wonderful day. Once again, my name is Maggie, and thank you for listening. I think anytime you enter into a space, even if it's just walking past something and then senses suddenly change, like the wind stops or you suddenly don't hear things anymore or, you know, your sight changes. I think there's something going on and and I don't really lean towards it could be good or bad. I think it's just usually bad. Really? I do. I mean, when when have you ever heard a story where somebody said and all of a sudden there was no sound and it ended good? Casper the Friendly Ghost? No. Wait, that uh, I never seen that. Never watched that. It's not worth our time. It's not happened in that movie no. or shadow people in that movie? No. Just Casper? I don't know. Um, you know, I understand how she wants it to, to be something good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is interesting the fact that, that both of them heard a ghost, but it was in their own unique voice. It wasn't the same. Right. And, and that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how when they walked past that knife, how everything seemed to change. Mm-hmm. I think something was calling them back from danger. Okay. So, as in the ghost was good. like Almost like good ghost versus bad ghost interacting with the living who could be going towards something not so good. Or just bad... Bad situation. Situation. Yeah. Doesn't have to be ghostly. Yeah. Going into, I yeah. I think, you know, obviously you're going to perk up if you hear your mom's voice. So, mm-hmm. it hurt, both of the girls heard their mom's voice. Sure. That's uh, that's interesting. Where they're it's the simultaneous thing mm-hmm. and, and totally different different people. Thank you for sharing that uh, experience with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Favorite uh, kids ghost movie? Ghost movie? Or ghost or it has to be spooky. It has to be at least Halloween themed. Hocus Pocus, hands down. Okay, that's, yeah, I knew that's that. my yeah. favorite Halloween movie. I know that one. Um, and I know it's cheesy as I'll get out, but I used to love that one. It's a classic, though. I mean, it really, it, it was, you know, it, it's very rare that there's a, a ghostly kids movie that comes out that, like, stands out. Where it's like, oh, it's going to be a cla-. I think what's the last one that came out that was like, oh, this is going to, Haunted Mansion, maybe? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Haunted Mansion, probably. Yeah. But does it does it stand up to some of the other, does it stand up to Boogity? That's the nobody even knows what Boogity is. Five people know what that is. It's funny every time I mention it, I get people uh, sending me the links to watch it on YouTube. They're like, "Oh my God, here it is!" Because some of us 
I, I think it was like such a big part of our childhood if you like spooky stuff because there was so little of it uh-huh. um, like available like on mainstream television other than like Unsolved Mysteries um, that it was the VHS days. Mm-hmm. So if you had it on VHS and you like that stuff, you just watch that shit over and over. Uh, and there's just which is exactly what I did. You know, when I was a kid, we'd watch a lot of more psychologically scary mm-hmm. stuff other than like visually scary stuff. So sure. We watched The Birds, even though that was kind of visually mm-hmm. scary, but um, there's parts in To Kill a Mockingbird that are kind of Halloween-y and kind of spooky, mm-hmm. and those were the kinds of things I watched more often than not, so when Hocus Pocus came out, I was all about that. What was the Don Knotts movie? The Ghost of Mr. Chicken. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. I remember watching that one. I, um, I recall uh, renting Night of the Living Dead. Or my mom renting Night of the Living Dead uh-huh. when she thought I was old enough to handle it. Uh-huh. And I was probably about 10. And we rented it from the grocery store. Because back then, grocery mm-hmm. stores sure. rented out movies. And uh, I laughed my whole, whole way through that movie. And she was shocked. She's like, oh my gosh, I thought it was going to really scare you. And and I, it was just, I don't know. Uh, and it is a spooky movie. I mean, it, it but... <laughs> I, and it wasn't that I was exposed to that. It's kind of odd because I look back and I, why did I laugh through most of that? Because I was not exposed to other zombie movies. I wasn't allowed to watch them. So some of those like Evil Dead and the other uh-huh. ones that were out in that era, I'd never seen. To this day, I haven't seen them. Um, but uh, for some reason, Night of the Living Dead just made me chuckle. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. We purchased our first house when I was pregnant with my son. My daughter was two years old. It was a lovely house. We found out later it had been transplanted from downtown in the 1950s, so I don't know exactly how old the house was. Um, everything went well when we moved in. I was five months pregnant. Shortly after my son was born, I started to hear running upstairs. It sounded like a child. I assumed it was my daughter. So I would go upstairs to put her back to bed, but she'd be sleeping. And if you know two-year-olds, you know they can't fake it. I put it off to imagination, or maybe I had misheard something. Um, when I would go in and feed my son at night in the rocking chair in his room, Sometimes he would unlatch from breastfeeding and look behind us and smile. Again, I put it off to maybe he saw Emma run by or I didn't want to think about it. One night when I had put him down again after feeding him and I went back to my room, I always left his bedroom door and my bedroom door open so I didn't have to use the baby monitor. I heard my daughter's bedroom door open and I heard her distinctly run into our room. At the time, I wasn't thinking of ghosts. I was thinking, I need to go back to sleep. I'm tired. And I had this idea that maybe if I just hold absolutely still, that she wouldn't think I was awake and she'd go back to sleep. She didn't. She tugged on my blankets like she wanted to get my attention. And when I turned on my bedside light, no one was there. I gasped. I slapped at my husband to wake him up. And 
I couldn't even explain what had happened other than the fact that someone had tugged on my blankets. He was half asleep. I'm not certain that he believed me, but from that night on, I slept with my bedroom door closed and his bedroom door closed and the baby monitor on. With the baby monitor on, I would hear Emma's bedroom door open and close, footsteps down the hallway, and at this point, I was too frightened to go and check it. Sometimes I would, when I wasn't thinking or when long enough time had passed, that I would almost forget about it or think maybe I had imagined it. One time, my husband had taken both children on a bike ride. We had the baby carrier for the to attach to the back of the bicycle. And I was so happy to have half an hour to an hour alone in the house that I could have a shower by myself. One of the things I should tell you is that there was always this blue fuzzy blanket that would be by Emma's bedroom door. And I would always give her heck for taking it out. And I would fold it back up and put it in the hall closet. She would always stare at me kind of oddly, but she would never say anything when I would give her heck for taking it out of the closet. I went upstairs to have this alone time shower, and again, the blanket was out in the hallway. So I folded it, put it back away, had my shower, came out of my shower, and the blanket was back in the hallway with the house completely empty. Needless to say, I got dressed as quickly as humanly possible and went back downstairs. It didn't seem like much ever happened on the main floor before this point. But there was a couple of times where I was going downstairs to get maybe Tylenol for one of the children in the middle of the night. And I would walk through a mist, a child-sized mist. It happened on two occasions. It took my breath away because I could see it clearly rounding the corner and coming through me before I would get to the kitchen. On those nights, I was too frightened to turn the light back off and I would race back upstairs. It seemed like nothing would happen until enough time had passed that I had convinced myself that maybe I was imagining it, that maybe I had made it up somehow. I only saw this child on one occasion. I was busy in the kitchen. My children's bus was there in the morning by this time years had passed my son was in preschool my daughter was in grade one and I was busily getting something from a drawer that I needed to send to school with them and I glanced up and there I saw her it was a little girl maybe four years old with a page boy bobbed haircut black dress with a white pinafore style collar on it again it was only for a second but I could see it as clearly as I would have seen one of my own children standing there. My first thought was, who is that? And by the time I looked all the way up, she was gone. This, the most frightening thing about that experience, though, my daughter by this time was old enough to articulate what she was experiencing. As I sent her to her room to get undressed for a bath one night as I was undressing her brother to get him into the bathtub, I told her to go in the room. And she said, I don't want to go in there. And I asked why. And she said, that blonde girl bugs me. And I said, what blonde girl? And she said, the girl with the black dress and the blonde hair. At this point, I realized that my child was being affected by this as well. And she wasn't just bothering me in the night. She was bothering my daughter as well. And it was starting to frighten my daughter shortly after we sold the house. That's my story.
Okay, my question is, when you have a house transplanted, do the ghosts go with it or do they stay with the land? I've wondered about that. I, I think it probably very much depends on what the connection the ghost has to the area. Does, does it predate the house? Okay. Does it, or does it have something to do outside of the house? What if you move a house that's not haunted to a piece of land that is, do you now have a haunted house? I could see that. So it's hard to know if this little girl was with the house or with the land. Mm-hmm. It, it is, uh, especially, you know, the way it was described. I, I've always wondered about that. Uh, it was kind of funny because she had mentioned there was I, I, I don't know where the caller was from. Um, I, I did detect a bit of a slight northern accent. You're thinking about the ones back behind yeah, where you grew up. That's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> of, because they were moved from in town and they were propped there in the late 90s. And she said that was moved in the 50s. OK, well, there you go. Um, but, uh, these, I remember they were moved off of, uh, some land with the hospital expanding and they were older homes and some are nice and some are not. And, uh, but creepy-ish nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of had that in my mind the whole time. That's what I was thinking of too. But I could totally see, I could totally see, you know, things like that being haunted and I could see that stirring things up. I could see that being confusing for a ghost, even like a, what we you can consider a dormant ghost, maybe one that's there, but never really lets anyone know that they're there mm -hmm. until they're like, wait a second, this is not my backyard anymore. And I could see that, that in itself, just stirring it up. Yeah. So, good story. Thank you for sharing the uh, experience with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go over here and hear your story. Hi. Hi. It's Dagny from Richmond, Virginia. I'll spell it for you. D is in David. A, G is in good. And is in Nancy. Walk. Dagny. And um, I'm a proud EPP. I really love it. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year, and I cannot get enough. Um, I'm calling, and if you hear anything in the background, it's probably um, um, Andy Griffiths and Mayberry because we're watching reruns, so sorry about that. But uh, I'm calling about my grandfather, who I called Granby. Um, I loved him very much, and as a previous caller told you um, about robins and birds, uh, my grandfather had a special affinity for birds. And in fact, he used to feed them. He went to great lengths to uh, make bird feeders that squirrels couldn't get into. And Tony, I know you've been in a little bit of trouble from some of the listeners in the past about um, possibly shooting at animals. That's okay. My grandfather, hey, he used to shoot at squirrels that would eat the bird's food. He was so angry. So it's okay. Um, I'm calling because about two weeks after my grandfather passed. I had a dream. So this is another one of those dream slash ghost things. Um, so maybe I should be calling your other um, podcast about the dreams, but it, it was more of a ghost story. Um, I had a dream that I showed up at um, Golden Corral, which my grandfather dearly loved kind of funny. He loved an all-you-can-eat brunch. And I showed up there, and I saw him in line at Golden Corral 
And I saw him in line with a lot of other people that were related to me and related to him that had passed before him. And I saw them as they had, as they looked when they had passed, which is interesting to me because you don't want to think that someone who has been in a wheelchair passes into the next life in a wheelchair. You want to think, like, hey, maybe they get a new chance at, you know, life. But I saw them as I remembered them. And my grandfather saw me, and he said, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to have crossed over into this area. And I said, Grandpa, I just wanted to see you one more time. And he said, sweetie, I will see you again. You have to go back. I love you, and you have to go back. And I said, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. And then it was like I was sucked back into this time, this plane, this whatever. And I woke up the next morning feeling like I had been with my grandfather and he had told me everything I needed to know. So what do you think about that? What do your callers think about that? And I love you guys. You make my day. I listen to you all the time at work. I know everybody says that. I mean, I do. I, You're great. Thank you so much for everything that you do. How good is the Golden Corral in the sky? <laughs> I'd have to try the one on Earth first to, uh, to get oh, a good... Oh, that's right. Never been to one. You've never been to a Golden Corral. I've never been to a Golden Corral. I would imagine it's uh, probably they probably refill the dishes pretty quickly at the Golden Corral. I think that's pretty cool that her grandpa gets to still go to his favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. I want to still go to my favorite restaurant when I'm gone. But I'm glad that he was like letting her know, you're not supposed to be here, you know. Mm-hmm. So she didn't just stay and end up like passing away in her sleep or something. I think he just wanted more of the chicken. He's like, you're not supposed to be here. You're getting to eat all the fried chicken, and that's mine. <laughs> just kind of show your living grandchildren away from the ghostly golden corral. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, it, and it's it's kind of funny where it, the way she described it was like, I, I was there, and I almost like felt like I had this knowledge without even necessarily having it conveyed verbally. Uh-huh. Um. So maybe it was some sort of a connection. I mean, it's such bizarre imagery to have a golden corral in the sky. Yeah. That's cool, though. Are there other restaurant chains that... I wonder, has anyone else had a, a dream uh, where they were communicating with a dead loved one at a restaurant that has expanded their uh, their, their stores into the, the other worlds? There's a lot of... People- IHOP? There's a lot of people that say they meet their loved ones at a picnic table. Mm-hmm. Food. And, and and also, sometimes we've had several people talk about it's like a stadium full of picnic tables, people meeting their loved ones. Yeah. And we've had more than one listener with that same dream. It's odd that you'd see all the other people around, too. Yeah. Like, why is this not a... You know, what if you you did the picnic table thing, but it was like a restaurant you really didn't want to be at? You're like, I don't. I, I said I'm never going back in there again. But there is your loved one. Would you go back in? Yeah, to see your loved one, you probably sure. would go into the shittiest restaurant, yeah. even if it was their favorite. Mm-hmm. 
But what if it was neither favorite? That would be even more confusing. It's like, why are they there? They don't even it like that restaurant. probably will go to whatever restaurant your loved ones are at. That's purgatory right there, is if you find your loved one and they're at the restaurant they hated. But <laughs> that's all you, you know, like, why are you here? It's like, you're part of purgatory? Yeah. Guess what? Taco John's. <laughs> <laughs> I like Taco John, so I don't mean it that way. But, you know, everybody has a restaurant they don't like. That would be it. Mm-hmm. That would be it. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi. I've only seen that twice. And, uh, you Oops, know. Hang on. Let's restart that and pull this all over here. Hi. Hey, guys. This is Jesse of Iowa again. Hey, I had a couple things I just want to share. Um, you know, I was... I'm listening to some cool YouTube, uh, you know, true scary stories. And uh, some of these stories, you know, one of them was talking about, like, there's a door without a handle. And it started bringing back these memories. I was in our um, church's abbey one day, and this is not this is not my current church, my older church, I should say. And uh, in the abbey, in the second story of the, of the abbey, which is more like, you know, the pastor's house, there's this gigantic black leather padded door with the doorknob in the center. And I've only seen that twice. And, you know, it's such a bizarre thing to go to a, any church-affiliated building. And I remember they, they just gave me a tour, because I'd never been in the Abbey before. This was only a few years ago. And because they were remodeling for the new pastor I was moving in. And they opened the door. I had the most just dark, oppressive feeling in that room. And the lights were all on. There were bright lights. But the room just had a dark feeling to it. And I'm like, what the hell? And I didn't say anything because the church I used to attend is pretty old school, you know, and uh, they don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. So I kept to myself. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is with this church? And I remember seeing doors like that before uh, at, at one of my aunt's house. And they were in my lane of their house. And this is really kind of an odd house, but they were trying to make it beautiful into the house they wanted and how they were doing it was giving this building a lot better look. But down in the basement, like my aunt was giving me a tour and again, a door of that similar style was there too. And again, had the same feeling. And I'm just like, do you guys remember seeing any kind of doors like that? You know, I mean, I know you guys were more born in the eighties, but was that like a 60, 70 thing to do for certain rooms for, for certain reasons? It, it just, you know, it's like horror movie like door style. Big padded leather with a doorknob in the middle. I I, mean, I just it, to me when I see something like that, I I think they're trying to hold like a a little Michael Myers behind the door or Jason Voorhees. They don't break out. I mean that's the only thing come to mind. Why would you have such a big freaky door like that? You know? And on a lighter note, as the before I hang up, um I've been having a really cool little experience. It, it's really, really small, maybe not even ghost like, but uh, you know, this time of year, I, I work in the timber, and uh, I redo a lot of uh, weed tree removal, which means I just take trees that aren't very productive in the timber, nothing for wildlife use, and, you know, make room for new oaks, new hickories, new even, you know, pine trees to come up in that. And I always pray before I go out, because I, I've had an accident before where I had my teeth knocked out by a, a tree, so I'm very cautious, but also, you know, I uh, always have pray for protection. And as I'm out there, I'm running chainsaw. There's this little songbird that follows me. And he just, he's within a few feet of me. And to me, I don't normally see that. Normally birds stay away from the loud sound of the chainsaw, me, you know, lunking around the woods. But this bird just follows me around and isn't afraid of me at all. It's like, this is kind of neat, 
You know, I, I don't know. It's just that bird is like my little buddy. I see him out there every day, all the time. He just pops in throughout each round. It just, I don't know. It just made me think of all the uh, cool animal stories uh, people uh, call and share. And I just thought I'd share those things. But anyway, I appreciate it, guys. Love the show and uh, keep it the great work. Thanks again. So he's talking about the doors that have like the padding, right? Yeah, and he said like the knobs in the middle. I don't know. Trying to picture that. Is it a knob or like a knocker? I don't know. Like what I'm, what's running through my mind is a lot of the, uh, the older like supper clubs and stuff had kind of like the leather padded Mm -hmm. doors and stuff. I don't recall the knob being in the middle. I recall being in this normal place, but. Um, even like some of the kitchen doors back in those days, you know, like the, the dual swinging, uh, were of that padding as well. It wasn't just the, the silver. Yeah. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what he's talking about. Cause I, I, I can't picture it in any setting, like outside of a, a, a supper club or a restaurant of some sort, you know, they're usually like a nicer type restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, of that era, but I can't really picture what it would look like in a house. It would, it would be very, it would be odd in a house. I get why he's kind of like. What the hell? Yeah. You know, there's there is a creepy weirdness to having that in a home. Mm-hmm. It fits the setting of kind of the darker candlelit uh, restaurant of the 70s. Um, but, yeah, just kind of like in your home, it's like, what the? Or uh, the pastor, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> why his does, home. Yeah. Why does the pastor have that in his home? That is like yeah. what's behind the door. I get why you're like, what is behind door number one? Uh, and I don't know that you really want the answer to that. Uh <laughs> I don't know. That's but, that, that's odd. Yeah, that is very, very bizarre. But hey, you know, maybe it was, maybe it's just a style that uh, that actually was used in homes that we are just unaware of because we weren't alive when it was <laughs> the the style. And maybe it was one of those first things that was not a style that lasted all that long and was also one of the first to be ripped out. Uh, even uh, with other bad styles replacing it in the early 80s. Maybe that was one of the first things they said, oh, my God, we totally have to get rid of this uh, leather-padded door <laughs> because we have to make room for this lovely screen door that's going to... There were accordion so door. many things done to homes in the 70s. Yeah. I have no doubt that somebody thought that was a good idea, just like yeah. faux paneling. Somebody thought that was a good idea. It's a great idea. It's one of the best ideas ever. Like Burt Reynolds' basement like, kind of shit. Top 10 ideas in, in history. Oh. The wheel, Skittles, and faux paneling. Okay. <laughs> That's... It's good to know where Skittles and <laughs> faux paneling rank. Best ideas in history right there. You can look it up. It's in Compton's uh, Encyclopedia 1995 edition that you can get with Windows 95. Yeah. Top 10 ideas right there. In case you wanted to know. Taste the fucking rainbow. (laughs) 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like our show, help keep us on the air, become an EPP, sign up on our website, ghostpodcast.com. Without your support, we can't do this thing called Real Ghost Stories Online. When you become an EPP, you get access to all of our bonus episodes. Uh, 100, uh, almost by the time you hear this, around 140-ish of them up there for you to, uh, to binge away on. Best ghost stories that we got in those EPP episodes. Check it out at ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.